0: Hey guys, welcome to the 10th episode of the Mr. Atlanta Podcast. My guest today... Thomas Harpoitner. Thomas Harpoitner. And why don't you tell everybody about yourself, Thomas? Uh, Well, where do you want to
1: start? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Well, um, I'm the CEO of AIS Media in Buckhead. We're a digital media and consulting firm. Um, Been here for about 20 years, so... Prior to that, spent some time in Florida, Tennessee, grew up in New Jersey, originally from Germany, um, moved here when I was about this tall, so, yeah. Uh, so recently. America, yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody loves America and Europe, you know, so, yeah, really get, get to live the dream. Not everybody. Everyone I can remember, America was cool, you know, James Dean, blue jeans, white t-shirts, you know, <laughs> every, everybody wanted that's to come to the what's cool? <laughs> that's what was cool, you know, it ages me a little, but yeah, I mean... Everyone in America wants to go to Europe and vacation there, you're like, ooh, you know. But, man, everyone I know wants to live in the States, so, Facts. yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're living our best life here, whether we know it or not. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Atlanta's like, man, it's a hotbed, you know, it's it's basically New York of the South. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you feel that way? Well, you know, I've, uh, I've moved here in 97, so um, I've had some time to, to figure that out, you know, when uh, there used to be a big sign on the downtown, you know, how many people lived here? You know, three million, I don't know where that sign is. I now. remember that. On P- Peachtree. P- oh, P- yeah, by the hospital. By you know. Piedmont Hospital. Like right, every time I drive. Is I'd it still
0: I'd, there? You know, I don't
1: know. know. I live in Buckhead now, so, you know, um, I, I haven't noticed. Don't it, rough it
0: down to Midtown often.
1: I, yeah, right. Um, it's, it's a traffic that everyone complains about, but most of the complainers haven't lived in New York or L.A., you know, or Chicago for that matter. So, you know, for the rest of us, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. True. So, um, you know, I mean, what's not to love about Atlanta? You know, we've, we've, got, we've got a pretty big airport, right? Um, you can get anywhere in the country pretty much easily. You know, an hour, hour and a half back in New York, hour down in, you know, you're Miami, you can get to Dallas. I mean, it's the hub. 80% the hub.
0: of America is within an hour and 30 minute flight of Atlanta. So I was listening to a podcast hosted by Matt B. Davis called Atlanta Podcasts. Uh-huh. There's another one called The Atlanta Podcast. This is The Mister Atlanta Podcast.
1: Not um, to be confused with.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah pod, pod, <laughs> pod, 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 Right. yeah. So he just had this guy named Carl Atkins on. Do you know who that is?
1: Don't know Carl Atkins. I heard of the Atkins diet, but you know right, different right. Atkins. Cause so he's gone.
0: Carl Atkins was a part of the 1996 Olympic committee okay. to host the games here in Atlanta. Right on. He also right. helped with the 2000 Super Bowl and then most recently the 2018 mm-hmm. Super Bowl that we
1: host. Was that last year? It was last yeah. year. I, those Jets flew right over, man. It was. It was that was a moment. I right. was a. was a. It was an amazing moment. What do you yeah. mean? Would have been the cheapest to ever go to the Super Bowl, right? If you're in Atlanta. Right. And um, I had friends that went down. I decided not to. I hosted a party at my place and uh, we heard this rumbling. Like, you know, it sounded like freight trains, right? Um, Right off a peach tree, we're always hearing stuff, right? It was a rumbling. It shook the building and everyone ran from the living room and, and we heard these jets just rolling down from Dolan's Air Force Base. And I just couldn't pull out my iPhone fast enough. So I got them in the distance, but man, it, every, every, everything got quiet. We're like, oh my God, you know what I mean? It's a once in a lifetime thing you're gonna see. Uh, you know, they're rolling down, you know where they're going, they're going towards the stadium. And um, you know, when you watch TV, there's a bit of a delay. You know, so we all rushed back to the TV and sure enough, you know, they were coming. Now how often do you see something wow. like that, right? And then, of course, they circled around and, and came back, you know, said, I said, let's catch them this way. Uh, and we realized, you know, it, it's those particular moments in time that, you know, you don't expect and until they just pass you by, literally like, you know, those F-15s flew by and realized, you know, this is a pretty big deal here, you know? Like, the, the whole country is watching. 120 million people are watching this game today, you know? Uh, it. it I, I got on, you know, Fox Business a few times talking about the Super Bowl and advertising. Is it worth it to drop five million bucks for thirty-second spot? You know, some say yes, others say no. Um, but you know, it's real. You know, I mean, these F-15s are flying by, and then you see them on a big screen along with hundred other, other, you know, 120 million people. Like, man, you know, we're, we're we're at the middle of something big right now, and it's you know, it's our it's it's my home, it's our town. You know, you know how Gary Vee feels about Super Bowl advertisements? <laughs> I, I, you know, I've heard him uh, express his feelings about a lot of things, yeah, not, not on that topic. He thinks uh, television
0: advertising is the past, it's fucked, not <laughs> a place to ever advertise, except
1: for the Super Bowl. He says that's the biggest How spotlight. else do you reach 120 million people in one shot? There's nothing you know, in the world. Of course that doesn't get into production costs and and other stuff, and the fact that most Super Bowl commercials are never remembered because, you know... kind of too, impression did they actually Well, I mean, they get versions. too caught up in the animation and the CGI, just like a lot of movies these days, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of lose the message. But we all have favorites, right? Say uh, Doritos. I mean, they're rock stars. So they put probably right, you know? the
0: most effort into their Super Bowl commercials. And they get it right. And, well, they also yeah. get other people to make it for them. Right to do the videos. I have. I knew you were gonna say Doritos. (laughs) I have a buddy who did the Doritos challenge, Javier McIntosh, and yeah, I think he did well. Yeah. No, it's no. But so back to what I was saying about Carl Atkins Mm -hmm. is we're slated to have some of the biggest events in the world in this city for the next five to
1: twenty years. We have MLS Championship coming up. Mm -hmm. The Well what about all the films that are shot in our backyards every single day? You know, a good friend of mine owns a casting company. We help her cast for various roles. I've gotten twelve friends in the last you know couple months on, on you know major films. Not not bragging here, it's just that the demand is so high. I mean she owns a casting company, runs it full time, one of the most successful ones in Atlanta, and there's still more demand than supply, you know? Um, the Mel Gibson film recently, uh, you know, Selma, uh, Selma Blair film and, you know, Marvel, uh, Walking Dead. I mean, this goes on and on and on every single day. Twenty-three counties in Georgia have set up, you know, for, for production. So, uh, you know, it's, that's phenomenal. I mean, who would have guessed that ten years ago? When I moved here, I mean, that wasn't even a blip. You know, it was Not Tyler Perry and we yeah, were doing some music videos and stuff, but... I mean, who would have thought Atlanta was gonna be the Hollywood of the East Coast? And in some ways, better, I think. I definitely think.
0: Atlanta's the best city in the world, in my opinion. And I've biked across America twice, from San Fran to D.C. I've lived in Medellin, Colombia, in Spain, spent time in Germany, I lived in South Korea, been to Panama, Mm -hmm. South America. And this city has more opportunity beauty
1: and love than any other city in the world in my opinion yeah there's lots of love yeah uh depends on what you look for right like you know we you know we see things not as they are but as we are i think is a famous quote facts um so yeah you know if you wake up in the morning um you know go through a short list of things that you're grateful for advantages that you have i mean it just sets you up for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. you know if you wake up in the morning and you start thinking about things that didn't go your way the last few days and start to mill on that, you know, and it'll also be, you know, that'll be your day. It's a choice. Um, But man, of all the places that you can live, regardless of what you wanna do and what industry you wanna be in, uh, there's an opportunity for that here. And uh, not just an opportunity, but so many. So many. So if you're digital media, uh, film, music, uh, you know, you're going to be in corporate America, uh, startups. I mean, we got Atlanta Tech Village around the corner from us and, and many other, you know, little hotspots. I mean, there's something going on every single night. There's something going on, no matter what your interest is, right? There's, there's absolutely no reason to uh, be down on yourself, right. you know, and, and sit on the sofa, you know, as a couch potato and say, oh, I wish, you know, maybe one day my ship will come in. You got to go out and get it. But it's here, it's right in our backyard. So, uh, yeah, really, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for, in my opinion. You gotta go out and get it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, somebody else will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. But uh, it, it's, it, in some ways, it's a lot easier, you know. I've spent time, you probably have two in New York, and it, it's still a big apple. I love New York City, so many things to love about it. Um, but it's, it's not as personable. Not, not even close. No. Um, you know, certainly there are a lot of things that, that you know New York has that Atlanta doesn't because it's been around a lot longer. But you know, here you can go out any night of the week. You know, last night spurred a moment. I was invited by a friend of mine. She's a producer at CNN. There was a you know Atlanta Press Club meeting. You know, we all these producers from all over the was world. That? Uh Brookhaven. Wasn't Brookhaven? Brookhaven. Yeah. What? Um, Chop shop. Really? Yeah. Um, like a view, look like man, on a roof or something. God, yeah, it was a it was a cover patio. But these producers are here from all over the world, you know, like Turkey and uh, Colombia and, and Brazil, mm-hmm. and they're they're doing a U.S. tour and and we're like, yeah, who am I in the middle of here? You know, I mean, some really really influential people, and uh, yeah, that was happening, and you know, yeah, buddy from Germany, you know, and uh, Finland, like everyone in one room, you know, and they're kind of moving, you know that they're going to finish their tour, I think, on the West Coast, you know, in about a week. Like, yeah, but, you know, CNN, it's downtown, you know, it's in our backyard. It's the center of the universe. Ted Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we, it's so easy, you know, to take things for granted, you know, and say, oh, yeah, you know, here's CNN, you know, here's, you know, Coca-Cola headquarters, and, you know, yeah, no We just live in the middle of it. One of the biggest
0: ways for me to consistently capitalize on that, at least in the past few months, has been getting a new Apple Watch and having the 10,000-step accountability tracker. Yeah. Just as simple as getting 10,000 steps a day and doing what you have to do to get outside and get those fucking steps. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been here since 07 myself, and it's nice to have some kind of accountability or purpose to... Consistently get out and get it, because you can work out and and get steps or not. Oh Just sure. Just do yeah. weights, this yeah, and that, yeah, but yeah. you won't be your healthiest self, your best yeah. self. So for me, it's getting those steps, getting out into the city, on the weekends at, in the evenings, and going to these events. Yeah, great I Actually, point. spent um a few hours last week going through thirty of the top calendars in Atlanta, Google calendars, every type of. I mean, it's and pulling all crazy, the events that I want right. to go to and there are so many I'm pretty yeah, much yeah. slated through right. January.
1: Yeah I mean it, it can see it can seem a little overwhelming, right? But uh, you do an Indian area focus decide, you know, where your interest level is and you know, it helps to uh, I found it helps to make friends in that way, you know, um, Like we work with some travel companies, you know, and a big trend i found was, you know, I think like 20, 30% of people have traveled by themselves somewhere and enjoy it because they find it less stressful. So wherever you go, if you want to go to Barcelona, guess what? You're going to run into people who are traveling to Barcelona, right? A little bit easier than rallying a bunch of friends to say, hey, let's go on a Barcelona trip. So just go where you want to go and connect with people that are already there. And I think the same thing is true, you know, in Atlanta or, you know, if you want to uh, start a business or you're in a, in a, in a certain, you know, you have a certain interest. Uh, just get up and go, you know, don't wait for the invite. Don't wait for two, or two other friends to go with you. Just go there and you're probably going to start running into people. Uh, that you know, and if not, at least you share a common interest, right? Yeah, kind of gets over that. Simple as that. Um, just go. too. fuck the there, invite. You know? Just go. Be there, and uh, I can't and, tell you how many and, times you're welcome, places. right? And people, yeah. people are open. They're friendly, and they're like, "Hey, so so glad you came." You know, right. in some ways, they're happier that you came than you are that you're there. You know, they want people there. And you didn't even buy a ticket. <laughs> just showed up. <laughs> just showed up, man. And uh, people are happy to see you. You know, uh, that's 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 what, definitely one thing to love, and a lot of people that first move here, they don't know how to take the city, they don't know how to take the people, because most people, let's be honest, they're from somewhere else. I, it, it's it's more rare to meet someone who was born and raised in Atlanta. That has been my opinion, you know, like, at least in the like city. But yeah, I mean you're you're one of those guys, right? And you're here, right? What about say, hey, we to be specific.
0: I was born in Gwinnett, grew up in Gainesville, and moved to downtown. Oh, yeah. I mean that's way up. So, there. You
1: know, it's not even Atlanta anymore,
0: right? That's it's not. Bad. It's <laughs> not. Born. So I mean, Atlanta, born and bred, Georgia, yeah. more or yeah. less. But been hustling right. in downtown Georgia State since eighteen. So You've traveled like, a bit. You've seen the oh brand, yeah, yeah places. I've been all around like, the world and. Have very happily come back to the city, yeah.
1: to Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there are people, you know, they they're born in the house, went to the neighborhood school, never left the county, been there their whole life. So it's hard to try to imagine a world outside of that circle. Fact. So it's helpful to, you know, go to some meetups, you know, do a little traveling, you know, s- spread your wings a bit, you know, exp- you know expand your mind. Um, educate yourself on other cultures, and other points of view, and um, you know, you'll find that the more places you visit, the more people you meet. First of all, we're all minorities, right? It's, just, it's, it's all situational. Um, and, and then, you'll, you know, it's humbling. Now, if you're in New York City, let's say you're in Miami, it's very international. Um, no one fits in, therefore everyone fits in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, it's humbling at that point to realize, you know, we really as people have a lot more in common and we don't, right? If some people just like to focus on that one thing that we disagree on. You know, um, that's really a waste of time, waste of effort. You know? So, so what do you like to do for fun? Well, this is fun. I agree. I'm that's having a, a great time, man. This is great. Thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, you know, it, it depends. Uh, I'm a workaholic. Uh, my own company, so you know if you love what you do, you, you know you never work a day in your life, as the saying goes, or you're always working, right? Um, but I'm very fortunate to be in a business: digital media, digital marketing, social media. We work with so many brands, so diff- so many different types of companies in different industries. There's always something going on, whether it's in motorsports or healthcare, life science. Um, I've worked with nonprofits uh, ever since I moved to Atlanta. It's all made my first friends. You know, it's, it's easy to make friends, by the way. If you just go do some charity work, because people are begging you to be there, they're grateful that you came, you know, and they'll do everything they can uh, to get you to come back. So, uh, you know, I think the first charity I worked with was the Boys and Girls Clubs, you know, they were, I mean, that's, that's an amazing group. The first
0: one I did. Is that right? Seven, I was a mentor wow, for okay.
1: the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Atlanta. All right, beautiful. Yeah, uh, Vander Holyfield Foundation, uh, we, you know, we helped uh, organize and promote the annual annual gala. Yeah. Hotel in Bucket was the Swiss Hotel, you know, so it was a while ago. But, um, you know, hearing those stories and the effect it has on kids, you know, as a a safe haven, you know, an after-school place to go where they can learn, get strong, you know, make good friends. Like, man, that needs to be protected, right? Right. So all the causes people can care about um and, and, safe and, and for kids well it's more important mean, than that i mean that's the future right that's it so um you know we were there once you know and there were certainly times i've uh, probably everyone at some point in their life felt bullied or unsafe and to have a place to go you know is is uh i think very valuable so uh charity work has always been a passion and uh, it, not just because i'm charitable i mean Part of it is selfish, you know, it's I get satisfaction from helping people from being able to see, you know, the impact that's being made, you know, to, to help kids. I mean, maybe it sounds a little cheesy, but you know, it's like, oh, you know, if you can save change one kid's life, you know, we, we've heard that on TV. But man, it's uh, it, it's it's actually true. Yeah. You know? So the uh, impact that you get from helping one person or giving
0: one thing, I couldn't agree more. It feels kind of selfish. It feels a little bit
1: like whoa. It almost depends. I didn't know giving yeah. was this giving. <laughs> right. I you know I feel like I'm stealing. <laughs> you know that they're so happy. I'm like wait, I had a great time. <laughs> you know I'm afraid I may have had a better time than you. But Facts. Um, yeah, so people should do that. You know they should do more of it and find the time to um, because at some point all of us need help. You just sometimes we need help at the worst moment. You know, and to be able to make uh, to be able to have some friends that you met, in those type of you know circumstances, who are also volunteers from different walks of life, um, you know, on a short dial, you know, you can just call them, text them. Um, I mean, we get into crunch time all the time at my company. I mean, you know, it, sometimes things get super busy. I'm like, oh man, you know, I need a killer graphic designer. Who do I know? Um, somebody didn't come through. You know, our vendor dropped the ball, and you know, just go through that Rolodex or post something on Facebook and say, hey, you know, we're doing this charity event. We need some volunteers. Who would be willing and able to help out? Who wants to donate? And, you know, it, showed, it doesn't happen overnight, right? But if you, you know, if you build that kind of network and you get to know people at that level, you know, you're giving, they're giving back um, from all different walks of life, you're, you're gonna meet people that you would never ever meet in other circumstances. Because, you know, we all have our close friends that we go hang out with, you know, we talk about the same stuff. But once you get involved in community events, uh, charity events, social activities, I mean, you got people that, you know, you might not be a total techie, you know, a geek, but you're gonna, you're gonna meet those kind of guys, right? Um, you're gonna meet women in healthcare, you're gonna meet you know prof- college professors. Um, you know, buddy of mine, he works for the FBI downtown, you know, like, how would I have met this guy? It's know? my roommate Aaron. Hey. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Thomas, yeah, yeah, go right
0: ahead. Good looking haircut, bro. Thanks, appreciate it. All right, you guys, you guys, you guys look great as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Black and white, I love it. You That yeah. was
1: entirely not planned. You guys equal each other out, it's yeah. nice. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah, right on, like it. Thanks, bro. Good observation. <laughs> I, it didn't occur to me, Say it's a perspective. Yeah, it truly he is perspective. He zoomed out, he zoomed out. It was he like zoomed from, a, from a distance, he said, hey, look at
0: this. Look at this, look at this yin and yang Yeah, Yeah, I've been kind of on a white kick lately Um, Some white clothes Yeah Uh, I'll go ahead and share with my listeners why First off, white expands your aura Your natural presence is going to be 5 to 10 feet White's going to make it 15 feet, 18 feet People are going to feel you and your energy that much further out Secondly, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to keep clean so if you can keep white and decent presentation, it looks like you're wearing a level of clothes that, you know, these are from Goodwill. This is probably
1: $4 worth of clothes. So what does it say to you about people who gravitate towards the darker colors like black?
0: Well, see, it goes both ways. And lastly, with the white, it keeps negative energy and feelings. Kind of bounce from you. Does it? In two different ways, from both people saying it, Mm -hmm. because you're white. The color is white. They're not trying to bounce as much bad thoughts and energy from that. And secondly, just not saying it. Mm. Um, But in the inverse of black, it kind of goes the other way in in all senses except when you combine them. So put like a black accent with the white or white with the black, you can get a lot. And it's good to balance it out. So I don't always do all white always. If I'm doing my podcast, something I'm very happy and jovial about, I'm gonna do it. I'm wear the white. But if I'm going somewhere I don't care as much about, I'm not. And that's where I am at 31 years old in my fashion exploration.
1: So hey, you know, by you know my stage, we're gonna put a black curtain up, and you're gonna stand out. You're gonna contrast against the black curtain with your white shirt, and I'll just blend it. I'll just be a talking head. That's true. You know, I have a black curtain too. Right on. Okay. All right. So what? makes you an expert in your industry? I'm probably the least qualified person to answer that question, yeah. Um, Makes me an expert. I think the more you learn in life, the more you discover how little you actually know. Facts. And um, you you can always tell an ignorant person because they know it all. (laughs) Um, It's usually the quietest person in a room. You know, that, you know. Sometimes knows the most, or is a complete moron until he opens his mouth. Um, but yeah, you know, w- what makes you an expert? I, uh, it's been proven, you know, I mean, Einstein's theory, uh, it takes 10,000 hours at anything for anyone to pretty much become an expert in a particular topic. Right. You know, if you wanted to become an expert you know, uh, music librarian, okay, if you started today, 10,000 hours from now whether you burn those hours over 10 years or a couple of years uh, you know whatever you know. what are you putting your 10,000 towards? you, you know mine, mine are kind of spread out you know so uh, it, it's it, you know it's a balance so it also with me it always, it always starts with health right health is wealth so keeping a you know keeping my mind and my body as healthy as possible that's part of that goal of living my best life, right? Um, So my definition of wealth is ultimately happiness, because that's the end goal, in my opinion, that most people work towards anyway, right? Uh, I have a couple of younger nieces, uh, they're they're starting high school, and you know, we have these conversations, you know, what do you want to do, what do you want to be, you know, that kind of thing, they don't know. Um, But everything they're describing really describes, you know, what makes them happy, situations where they're happy. Um, You know, why do people want to make more money? So they can do more of the things that make them happy, ultimately, I mean, we're seeking happiness, right? So, are you happy or are you more or less happy when you're you're sick or when you're healthy, right? I think sickness, unless, you know, it's a, maybe, you know, some people like a cold, but most of us are less happy when we're run down, when we're tired, when we're not feeling ourselves, right? So we're trying to get back to that level. So definitely, you know, keeping healthy is part of that balance, right? Uh, you know is money going to make you happy more or less of it well uh, you know I think it's different for different people you know if you grow up in poverty then you're obsessed with pulling yourself out of that level um, and, and certainly a certain degree of financial success or I'd say financial security is probably more important right feeling financially secure where you know you're not struggling every day you know you're not struggling for that next paycheck You're not worried about, hey, you know, your light's going to get shut off, the car's going to get repoed. I mean, if you're obsessed with those thoughts, it's hard then to step back, be creative, and say, hey, you know, create, uh, create something from nothing, create a charity, create a company. It's hard to do that, you know, when, when the threat of your life, you know, where there's threat of your livelihood. So financial security, I believe, should be. I mean, for me at least, it's a, it's it's a measure of success, right? Just not having to worry about your finances. That's great. You know, it means you should always respect money, you should be in touch with it, but um, always keeping a certain level of financial security, don't sacrifice that, right? So you can focus more on the things you like to do and less on the things that you're doing just for money. Um, I, I think Jerry Seinfeld uh, once said that, you know, the only thing good about being rich is not worrying about money, but you're going to still have a lot of problems, you know. It doesn't get rid of all your problems. Um, so, but yeah. Is money the root of all evil? I'm like, well, there's probably more evil because of a lack of money than the excess of it, right? Um, but, you know, it's, it's a balance. And then, you know, if you love your work, you never work a day in your life, so find something you're passionate about, figure out how to be financially secure doing that thing, uh, especially if it helps other people. You know, if it only helps yourself, you're probably not going to be very successful because, you know, every, every successful company on, on the planet does something for other people, not just for itself, right? Um, so you have to be thoughtful of, the, you know, the environment that we live in, the people, you know, our neighborhood, our world. Um you know, it's, it's it's a, you know, it's a unique combination for people. And I think that changes as you mature, you get older, um, you know, your priorities begin to shift. Um, so, but, you know, I mean, when you're 20, it's hard to imagine life, you know, When you're 40, when you're 40, you're like, man, that blew by fast. Right. Whoa, you know. So let's talk about your benefit that's coming out. My benefit, sure. Well, you know, coincidentally, coincidentally, look at what I brought. Ooh, Uh, I brought a little four by six. It's the the bubble's benefit. And it's really interesting, you know, I'll keep the story short, but this did not, this was nothing a few months ago. It didn't exist, it wasn't even a thought. Uh, you know, it's not something we've been planning, not a whole lot of strategy went into it, you know, over the summer. But, you know, a few friends and I got together. We, we've done charity events, we've done mixers, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my friends, they know us from the hump day mixers at, on Wednesdays and so forth. We've done over the last few years, but we wanted to do something a little bit um, more mature, you know, something a little bit more upscale than just, you know, the regular bar scene. And uh, a friend of mine, his wife, uh, you know, she's a uh, she has a master's in interior design. She works at Roche Beauvoir, very high-end luxury furniture store in Buckhead. Global Roche company. Beauvoir. Roche Beauvoir. Because it's French. Beauvoir. Beauvoir. Roche Beauvoir. So B-O-B in French is a B-O-V. B-O-B-I-O-S. Roche, Roche Beauvoir. Three, three, three Buckhead Avenue. A little plug there. You're welcome, Victor. Um, well, you know, they came to our office a few months ago. We're exploring digital marketing strategy, maybe how we can leverage social media. It's something they have, they've tried, and you know, been sporadically successful at over the years. And I like, go, well, how could we help you? I don't know. You know, um, kind of put that on the shelf. Sometimes, you know, ideas don't just happen overnight. So we put that idea on the shelf. Um, and then, you know, one day uh, met. Uh, you know something just inspired me to do this Facebook post I'd have to go back to my timeline you can pull it up um, it says you know thinking about doing you know a charity event or something like that and um, name your favorite charity in Atlanta I, I just wanted friends to tell me I think what I was remember that one. to them because we you messaged me a little after yes he was so passionate and, and he was part of the uh, the organization he was the founder and the CEO on the front lines, and it really inspired me. I'm like, you know what, this is the kind of guy who's going to help me help him, right? Right, um, which is very important to make anything successful. You need a lot of people working towards a common cause to bring, you know, u- unique skill sets, you know, to the table. Uh, like, you yeah, know, let's see what he's all about. I messaged him, man. Within a couple of days, he was at my office. Um, we sat down, you know, we had a half hour schedule, but I I think we ended up meeting for about 90 minutes and we had so much in common. Um, such an incredibly passionate guy. I said, you know what? I got to help him out. You know, I got to say, what what can we do? You know, we're a marketing company we've worked worked with hospitals, worked with charities, worked with children's healthcare, fantastic organization, but they're a huge company, right? I mean, Chick-fil-A, children's healthcare every year, very successful campaign. Uh, he's not yet. He's much smaller, right? A smaller group. So, you know, I think we might be able to make an impact. And and then I remembered, oh, this roche Beauvoir thing. You know, they need help. And So so suddenly it materialized. It just started coming together. And um, I didn't have a name for it. Like, I don't know, you know? It's going to be at a a high-end store. They're willing to give us their venue because they want foot traffic. They want brand awareness. What do we call this thing? I'm like, you know what? I asked people what they cared about. Let me ask them again. Uh, we came up with a few quick names at my office, you know, we passed it around. and um, but So I, I gave the Facebook friends three options you know, to choose from, uh, messaged a couple hundred people and said, hey, you know, we value your opinion, what do you think, just you know, give me a quick vote. And overwhelmingly, they picked uh, Bubbles Benefit, because we're gonna be serving champagne, it's gonna be a classy event, it's upscale, uh, red carpet, limousines, open rooftop patio, Everyone's donating everything pretty much, you know live live band. They're playing for free DJ um, You know he's donating his services Uh, You know Patrick, you know you you go to the web you go to our web page You'll see all the people that are donating all of their services pretty amazing Just Uh, on this I see You know you'll see a few yeah
0: Uh, bouvet. Bouvet. Right. You
1: know, there's a charity. Uh, hands, hands Across, across Atlanta. Atlanta. You got Chucky Photo down there. Chucky right. Photo, uh, along with York, Dylan Yard. I mean, everybody knows these guys, right?
0: Everybody knows them. I've worked for Chucky Photo. Yeah. YP of Atlanta. I saw you there at the party a couple months ago.
1: Yeah.
0: AS Media, you guys. And yeah. then Telpless.
1: Telpless Travel. Telpless Travel. Corporate travel agency here in Atlanta. Uh, good friend. And, um, you know, they're kicking in what they can to help they it a success. What do they do? They're a corporate travel company, you know? So if you're a corporation and you, want to, you need trips booked and you got a lot of executives flying around, those are your guys. Uh-huh. Quarter of a billion dollar company headquartered right in our backyard. Um, so, you know, good to have them on board. Um, good to have other local you know, companies all pitching in, helping out. Um, event planner, you know, Kelly Darwin. I mean, she's executive assistant at a huge company. I don't know how she's finding time to help us, but I'm incredibly grateful. Um, you know, just folks from all different walks of life, you know, that have full-time jobs. Um, Take Caitlin Elizabeth, uh, you know, on Facebook, right? I mean, she's a perfusionist at Piedmont Hospital, open-heart surgery, but she's finding time to help out. Um, I mean, I, I can just go down the list, you know? So, that's incredibly moving to me, and I thought, well, we gotta make this a success. We said, what's, what's your favorite name for the event? Everyone's like, oh, Bubbles Benefit, because it's for a children's charity um you know let's uh let's go with something fun so we did october
0: 2nd 6 p.m 333 buckhead avenue yeah
1: 30305 we'll see y'all there yeah 25 dollars is a donation tax deductible or vip is 50 bucks and you get 10 free raffle tickets uh we're pretty much sold out you know but i'd say if anyone still wants to come they need to grab their tickets pretty quick oh wow because capacity is the only issue what's capacity Uh, you know, Victor tells me, you know, maybe three to four hundred people max, but the store has furniture in it, you know, so, uh, yeah, a few hundred comfortably, we're probably going to open the rooftop, I, I think the weather's going to hold up, so we'll be able to open the rooftop, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're... It's
0: right there start. in the little Spanx, like, Gypsy Kitchen Well, it's a little bit up the street from
1: that, it's, it's a, it's a two minute walk from Fado's. so the other...
0: Okay, way, over there, yeah, know, yeah, 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 like,
1: yeah, you're heading the other way, so... If I'm passing Fadeau on my right. Fadeau's on your right, and you just keep going. A little bit more A little, a little bit more, and uh, uh, you'll see roche on the right. right. On the right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, but that's, you ask me, what do I do for fun? I mean, to me, that's fun. Of course. You know, it's an excuse to reach out to people, invite them out, let's have a good time, let's take some awesome photos, um, you know, get people online, you know, supporting a good cause, get them to mix and mingle, make some new friends as we did. You never know where it's going to go. So, we have some big plans for this. And uh, again, I mean, I can't be more grateful for all these folks that are just reaching out, many of them completely unsolicited. Um, You know, local gyms, you know, someone's donating a $100 gift card from Saks. Rebecca Camille, she's opening a boutique, her own business, so she wants to kick in a $100, $150 gift card. Uh, uh, bring It Home Yoga Studio. They're in Buckhead. They're donating $185 worth of uh, gifts, you know, Jeez, uh, yoga classes and stuff. We've got Empress Elite Limousine, one of our clients, also a very good friend, uh, and she met us at one of these events a few years ago, you know, so we became very good friends and a client, but she's donating $500 uh, in limousine services, you know, in her stretch limo. We're, we're going to raffle all of these off, by the way, you know, so Ten dollar raffle gift cards can win you those and many other types of prizes, so that's really really cool. And the money that we raise from the raffle tickets go directly to Marcus Acosta's charity, Hands Across Atlanta, and and they're there and they're volunteering and they're selling those tickets that night and uh, you know it, it, just all around. I mean, what more can you want, right? Nothing. Yeah.
0: I mean, when you got people like you and Marcus and. Byron Cooper, oh, yeah. people involved yeah. With, with this, right. spreading the word. Yeah, it's gonna be organic, yeah, well, but it's take, also a
1: lot of hustle. Well, you take you know, someone like Patrick Thompson, who a few weeks ago, I didn't even know. I met him at Young Professionals of Atlanta, really awesome group, you know, run by Jordan uh, Thompson, and he invited me out on one day, and here I meet this guy, Patrick, and you know, we just hit it off. I mean, he's just a cool guy, you know, personality, Kind of like you, you yeah. I've met him. Thank you. But he might have a little bit on you. Uh, um, Yeah, he's like your polar opposite, right? Uh, He's a Georgia State Trooper, and he owns this entertainment company as a side hustle. Like, if you're going to be pulled over by someone, you know, I I hope it was him. Um, DJ services, security, no surprise there, right? Um, And he's providing this incredible. Six-foot-tall digital interactive photo booth, you know, the kind you walk up to. It's a mirror. It's a giant selfie light It talks to you. You can see yourself countdown smile and and you print the pictures out. Huge. How awesome is that? I hate going to events and having to wait three weeks for pictures, you know. Oh, I know Um, some kind of digital. He's he's donating All of these services, right? All of this stuff just-in-time entertainment, right? Um, so are we going to use him for corporate events? Am I going to recommend them to clients? I mean, you bet I will, you know, because who does that? Everyone else wants to make and make money, and, and I get it. you know, I mean, I do too. you know I, my company's not a nonprofit. But you know sometimes you got to give a little to get a little. And I really, really appreciate people who understand that, you know, who get, you know, you got to give give a little to get a little, right? Pay it forward. So all these folks that are kicking in and donating prizes and donating services, um, our event planner Kelly Darwin. She said, "Hey, you know, by the way, my brother's a, you know, he's, he's security. You know, he's pretty, uh, you know, pretty hard-ass guy, um, but he's willing to donate his services. You know, help work the front door and keep the place civil. Like, I mean, that's amazing. You know,
0: I mean, it's gonna be really crazy. All these people there might get in a fight. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm kidding. Well, no, I mean, it could. It could <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You know." So yeah, I mean, it's good to have security. I don't think it'll be that kind of clientele, um, our patrons.
1: You never know. It's usually the girls that start the trouble. Has been my experience. But I mean, look, you know, every dollar uh, that people donate in time, right? You could pay a security guy or someone else a hundred bucks, but every dollar that you that, that the guy is willing to not accept goes directly to Hands Across Atlanta. And it's buying school supplies for underprivileged kids. And when you think about that, you know, I I remember when I was in a fourth grade, I grew up in New Jersey, and we had four Apple computers in the classroom, you know. And, uh, you know, I was born in Germany, you know, so when I first moved to the States, I didn't speak a word of English, right? So to most kids in there, I was like half, you know, I was half slow, you know, because I didn't speak much, I was pretty shy, Um, still am by the way. It's very intimidating. Oh, I can tell. Um, th- this is all an act, you know. This is all an act. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we had four computers in the classroom, you know, so the smart kids, the popular kids were always on the computer, you know, the bright kids, and so I didn't get exposed. I, I, there was no computer time for me, you know, and, and it would have been really nice, you know, to, to play with a Mac. And... Um, you know, if we can do, if, if we give more kids an opportunity to do that, right, to give them the supplies that they need, the tools that they need, man, you don't know where the next Einstein's going to come from, you know, um, who's going to change the world, who's going to save the planet, right, who's going to come up with that great idea, the next great musician, the next greatest artist, we don't know where that's going to come from, um, you know, we, we can just go to the Apple store and buy this thing, uh, you know, a 10-year-old can't do that, a 14-year-old can't do that, you know, and if the parents aren't equipped, then where is it going to come from? So to me, that's an extremely worthwhile cause, something that you know, I intend to support for a very, very long time, as long as I can. Um, and I hope that a lot of other people will as well. Yeah. How do you like that, by the way? You know, It's all over the news this week. Did you hear about that? It's still not a real one. Yeah, I'm I'm very familiar. I don't watch any of those. I listen to The the Economist. Are you
0: familiar with The Economist? I've heard of The Economist, yeah. It's a weekly publication that comes out Uh of Britain. Right. And it's the most unbiased source of news in the world, period. I've been reading it for like 15 years. And so, yeah, they... Give me pretty unbiased news about what's happening. Sure, six fucking people died from vape cigarettes. How many people died per minute from real cigarettes? That's it. That's still,
1: as long as we're enabling people to get off of sigs. So. I don't know. A jury's still out. I lost my brother to lung cancer. He was 32. He was smoking since he was 13. Wow. And um, it, it was absolutely terrifying. You know. So I mean to me, talking about health is wealth, you know, I saw that you know, and, and he left two young girls behind, so you know I, I mean, to me, who knows? you know, some people and they smoke every day, you know, they eat bacon every day, they live in extremely unhealthy lives, and they're 94. Uh, you know, who knows? what's your diet like? My diet, man, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself, you know, a hardcore health food, you know, freak, because there there is this emotional struggle between I want six pack abs, but I love pizza. <laughs> so, you know, every, occasionally the pizza has to win out, you know what I mean? But, um, but since you bring it up, I, you know, I've I've worked out, you know, two, three days a week, sometimes more. But in doing more of this stuff and uh, especially this time of year, you know, skipping those gyms at night, you know, those gym sessions at night. And, you know, I'm going to have to challenge myself to start going in the mornings. And that's that's tough. Right. Because I, to me, that's half the workout. Just getting up and getting dressed and going there. Once you're there, you're going to work out. And um, but it's one thing I can say I'm proud of myself. I've been able to do. Recently, you know, just hitting the gym just about every morning you know, getting in there, at, you know, getting up at 530, um, having a, a, a good shake, you know, blueberries, protein powder, you know, a little spirulina, um, you know, some good stuff to get the energy level up and going, getting a good one hour workout in and man, it, it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in a day. Um, and, it, you know, at the end of the day, if you have all of these other open items that you haven't been able to accomplish You know, sometimes, some days are more productive than others, right? At least that's one thing you can scratch off and say, you know what? I got my workout in, I feel good, you know? I feel good. I invested Um, in my health for the future. I did that, you (laughs) know, I did that. that. Because I've been on a lot of flights, sounds like you have too. And you know, there's that part of the flight announcement. And all my friends, you know, they know what I'm gonna say. Um, In the unlikely event of a loss of cabin pressure, air masks, something will drop. And what, will you, what, you, what should you do? Secure yourself first. Before helping others. And, you know, the Delta knows something about that. You know, they, like, you know, they want you to be safe. Uh, how are you going to help others if you're passed out or dead or if you're terribly unhealthy or in any state, you know, physically, financially, mentally. Um, and, and sometimes people feel guilty, you know, for putting themselves first. But it's out of obligation to others, you know, to to be able to help others. You first need to help yourself. You know, get a good night's sleep. You know, sometimes my employees, you know, we work really, really hard, and I'm I'm proud of all the work they do. You know, you get into those really busy streaks, and they take that home, and you can tell they're a bit stressed out. And I said, listen, uh, work is important, and we do want to get things right, and our clients are incredibly important to us. But if it starts to impede on your health and you're, you're losing sleep, or you're stressed out, you need to come to me, because that's where you need, it It needs to stop, right? You need to pause there, because you're not doing anyone any favors, right? Uh, so, you know, put your health above above all else, all right? Get a good night's sleep. It's eat a diet. Yeah, I mean, start with the grocery store. You know, it's not just what you buy, but also what you don't what buy. What do you eat? Yeah, what you don't buy. What you don't buy, you can't eat. You know, it's, it's, when you have that moment of weakness. Well, what do you eat? God, man, it's like, you know, because I, I, I know, I, I know my problem, you know, like potato chips, man, you can't, I can't put that bag down. It's hard. It's really hard to put that bag down. So, you know, the decision starts at the grocery store. And I'll tell you something, I, I, someone told me a long time ago, and I get, ah, bullshit. I said, hey, listen, it is, it is easier to resist a temptation than to stop once you've gotten started. It's easier to resist than to stop. So, potato chips, don't even don't buy, buy the damn thing. You know, if you have a certain fitness goal, and you know, come on, you know that's not contributing. You know what I mean? You know that consciously, but you yeah, know, just have one, all in moderation. So I eat about forty percent fruit. Yeah. About thirty percent vegetables. All right. About twenty-five percent nuts, and about fifteen percent grain. Okay. What, what, uh, what percentage potato chips do you eat? In so I eat chips with my hummus. Because I love the chips. Yeah, yeah, I do pita chips,
0: multi-grain, and I do high-fiber chips, which they're starting to come out with, chips that right, that's cool. promote fiber, right, yeah, yeah. which is like the most necessary. Let's um, dive into your recommendations for Atlanta. Let's talk about places you like to eat,
1: between restaurants, groceries. We'll start with that. Oh man, uh, which one? Groceries. Where, where, groceries. Oh man. Well, let's look. You know, you got the Disco Kroger. There's some history there, right? Uh, so you, you get some. It's you some really sketchy characters and some good people watching at the Disco Kroger. Uh, Trader Joe's right next door. The Publix next door. And Aldi just opened up, but you got to bring your own bags. Absolutely. Bring your own bags to Aldi. Aldi. So I have not been. I like Aldi. You know it's owned by Trader Joe's, right? Yeah, similar history, yeah. Uh, No, it's the
0: same owners. Family, right, the brothers or something. Like Disney or NBC or Comcast own everything. Trader Joe's is, I still fuck with them heavily though. For sure, Yeah. Aldi and Trader Joe's. How about restaurants? Oh, what do you like? What do you like?
1: What are your go-tos? Well, so, uh, y- y- you know, for me, during the week, most of the time, food is just fuel, you know. Food is always just fuel. Uh, well, I mean, it's, for more people, it's become an experience, right? I, I, I read Some people st- live to eat, I eat to live. All right, well, you know, I read a stat last week that, um, you yeah, know, the amount of people that are, you know, the eating out rate has increased, you know, like 6%. percent and. 2018 and it's up like another 4% this year. I don't believe that. so um, I, are- I'm i
0: sorry I'm gonna interrupt because less and less people leave the house now. Do they? Yes So and one of the biggest problems that Carl Atkins who I was referencing earlier from Atlanta podcast Who designed these events is saying the biggest struggle that? professional sports and events are gonna have in the future is simply getting people out of the fucking house into the place because in-house in-phone experience is
1: just as good, if not better, subjectively, for these experiences. So you think more, more or less people cook now? prepare their own meals than they once did that's different you're unique I'm you're, you're a, a unique guy. A different person you're 100 percent unique but... just like all the other seven billion people in the world thank you
0: yeah. that's that's a really beautiful thing to say
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, and, you you and
0: you can make everybody feel special with that <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Uh, don't really I mean, do you think more or less people prepare their own food when they're you know they're stuck in traffic they come home um um
0: probably less hmm. because of these diff I mean eating out fast food is going to take what a third of people and then real well, you, know, now you also to, have the delivery and- services right Absolutely and that's the third one I was gonna kind gonna of a hybrid is- is between delivery service, yeah. meal prep service, anything like that, yeah. and it's, then just and, start and it's not just, just all food stuff being delivered.
1: There, are, there are good choices.
0: Absolutely, yeah. All there's right. some stuff that like Daily Harvest. Yeah, that's a good one. Have I you love Hello
1: Fresh? Have you used any of those?
0: Yeah, Um I was ambassing Fresh and Fit Cuisine. Okay. A little bit. It's another one. There's like all right, yeah. Two hundred different locations,
1: pickup spots around it around Georgia. I haven't tried any yet. You know, I'm. I'm working during a week or I'm doing podcasts with uh, wonderful people like you. And then I get home and I'm like, you know what? I just want the hunger to go away, you know, throw a couple things together, eat, be done, um, do it again tomorrow. Well, that's the
0: whole point of these food services is so you don't have to think about it.
1: Right. So you can just have
0: the food prepared. So I'll give you all some insider information. If you've already listened this far through, then you might as well deserve to know. I did not go forward with embassing fresh and fit because their food comes in a plastic container with a plastic wrap cover, recommending that you microwave this food in the plastic, which just in itself, asked me a year ago, I wouldn't have really cared. Now, the knowledge that I have in microwaving plastic and what you're ingesting Simply from yeah. combining that fucking super high wave of frequency that burns and melts from the inside, this food together with plastic, philosophically, I don't fuck with. I can't yeah. get behind a brand or a company that says, hey, eat your cancer.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: we'll give you this pretty good food. Some of the food was good. I'm not saying great. Well, but I mean, they obviously have a sustainable plan, and this is the easiest way for the people to, to receive the food. So anything that comes like that, I just can't really get behind. And it's, just, it's simply just the plastic, the packaging. If they were to change
1: that, it'd be a whole different conversation. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're a giant social experiment right now, right? The food companies are trying on us. The, the, you know, uh, we are a social
0: experiment, what? and we are our data which is our it's, most precious and prime thing. And a point that I really want people to walk away with from this is you are your data, and that is the most precious thing that we
1: have. Yeah, your DNA. I mean, it's all data, right? Uh, I'm a marketing guy, so I love marketing. You know? I love advertising. Uh, and, and the history of it is fascinating. You know, If you go to Google, one of the fun, most... Maybe I'm weird. No, I'm definitely weird. But a fun thing to do, okay... Um, go to Google Images and just type in 1960s advertisements, funny advertisements, 1960s, 1950s. You'll be shocked at some of the stuff that comes up.
0: So I just hosted this guy, Bob Place. Sorry to interrupt, but to piggyback on what you're saying. And he had me go and watch some 1960s cigarettes
1: commercials. What did you think?
0: Um, and I hadn't really seen anything about that in a a, a while, and it blew my mind. I cannot believe they got away with advertising like that.
1: I mean, you know, in the 60s, they discovered that the smokes might be kind of bad for you, but look how long it's taken for, you know, for us to get to the point where, yeah, uh, you don't have to be subject to smoke at a restaurant anymore. You know what I mean? It's taken a long time, man. It's taken a <laughs> generation of people, right? Of uh, dying off. Yeah, I mean, exactly, right? I mean, the hardcore, you know, uh, fanatics, you know, just have to die off, you know, for a new generation to come in and say, this doesn't make any sense. Are you kidding me? How do you feel about that? About that generational lapse? Oh, uh, man, you know, uh, you know we're, we're living longer, supposedly, right? Not necessarily better. You know, the saying, You know it's not the years in your life, but the life in your years. Do you want to really be 120 years old, but be completely bedridden and unhealthy or be on tubes? I I don't know about you. That's not quality of life to me, right? So, but, you know, let's just hypothetically say for a moment that, you know, instead of the average age of 84, which is about the average age for a male in the U.S., let's just hypothetically say it's 300, you know? Or more, three, four hundred years is the average age. It, would that really be good, or would it be bad? Right. To your question, is it? It takes an entire generation of people to die off to let go of some of these old habits and some of these terrible beliefs that we had. That, you know, that the people just hold on to because they're ingrained. You know, becomes habit forming. So you know, we we suddenly you know we no longer believe what we see. We see what we believe. We, we are projecting our own, th- our own beliefs on the world, right? So when is art imitating life and when is life imitating art? You know, when do our beliefs change the world, right? Uh, in a, now, in some ways, if we were around individually three, four hundred years, if that was the average lifespan, whoa, we'd have some very, very, very old beliefs. You know, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, but if you look at these nineteen sixty commercials or ads you know that that promote 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 alcohol for pregnant women um, promote cocaine tooth drops you know to ease the the ease the pain oh and give some of the paps beer to the to the you know to the infant because it'll you know it'll ease their pain of teething of course it'll do other things it will knock them out real good you know but i mean that was just accepted it was the norm back then now we look at that and say you know, you see these camel cigarette ads with doctors. Uh, more, you know, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend this cigarette over that because of whatever. Right? It's absurd. Now we can look at it, it's completely absurd. Okay? Because we're looking at this from a distance. We're able to zoom out, you know, and get better perspective and say, okay, now we can look at these old ideas and say, you know, completely absurd. So the challenge, of course, now is trying to, try to imagine, David, project 20, 30, 40 years into the future, imagine the world, what, what it might be like then, and some of the things that the future version of you, okay, David, it's called David plus 40, is going to look back at and say, man, that was absurd, right? And j- just in society, well, I can't believe we did that. It's, so, it's common sense now. Why would anyone do that, right? And, and, and I think it's as funny as it is, it's mind-expanding to look at old advertisements because they were very well-crafted, very well-sold, they were very effective, and um, you know, they didn't just change what people wanted, they changed their whole idea of what was right and wrong. You I know, in their suddenly wearing hats went out of style. You know, every man, rich man, poor man, you know, most of them took the buses and the subways, you know, New York City, everyone read the newspaper, right? Now we get criticized, you know, you've seen the artist's renderings of like, you know, people on their phones, they take the phone away, oh, what a a bad society we are for looking at our screens the way we do, it's disconnecting us. And so, you know, you've seen that perspective, and I appreciate the perspective. But again, if you look at society in the 1950s and 60s, You'd see 200 people, 100 people on a bus or on a train or on a train station. Everyone's reading the New York Times or the Shotgun. Everyone's in the newspaper. Now, since instead of people reading, you know, the news on their phones, they're reading the newspaper, still not talking to one another. Didn't, didn't you know, didn't change anything. Um, so I think we're a little bit, in some ways, we're a little bit too hard on ourselves. Oh, we're so disconnected from society because we're on these devices. Is that the issue or it's really just you know, the mechanism or the device or the technology. So maybe in the future, you know, we, we probably won't have this device in our hands. Maybe it would be a holographic projection, you know, from, from glasses or a contact or something, but we're still gonna be paying attention and communicating with people. It's innate, you know. Human nature <clears throat> has never really changed. A lot of people ask me, especially when I, you know, we're interviewing a lot of people at AIS Media right now for new positions. And, you know, I like to ask people, hey, what questions do you have for me? And one of the most common questions is, you know, of course, hey, how did you start the company and why and where do you think this is going? You know, where, where, where do you see things in the next three to five to 10 years, right? And it's a very good question for applicants to ask because they want, they're also asking, where am I gonna be, you know, what, what should I expect? So and, the um, well, the answer is this, you know, uh, quoting Mark Twain here, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. So the past is a good indication of the future. And technology changes, right? In my company, you know, we didn't always use social media because Facebook's only about 13 years old, right? We've been in business longer than that, so we evolved and we changed the way we communicate. Um, email wasn't always an acceptable thing. At one point, you know, mass email and email marketing was kind of evil. It was kind of a naughty thing to do or spam. You know, it's just normal now. Um, so a lot of things that we do today, that we use, tools we use, and techniques that we use. They weren't always acceptable. But, you know, I have a 14-year-old niece. She doesn't know a world without the Internet. She's on her phone because that's what she does. Um, my, my mother, you know, for the longest time, she was anti-computers. And a few years ago, for Christmas, I bought her an iPad. And she looked at it and she said, Thomas, German lady, you know, why, why would you buy me a computer? What am I going to do with a computer, you know? Uh, I, she was so confused by it, almost disgusted by it. Why would you buy me this, you know? Earrings, she could understand. Perfume, she always went, why? I spent a couple weeks, you know, with her in New Jersey. By the end of the first week, David, she was on that iPad. She wouldn't get off the iPad. She is still to this day on that iPad. You know how I know she's on the iPad? I can get on Facebook. She doesn't know. She's not watching. She doesn't know that I know that she's on playing like bingo standard. because she's you know because we're friends and you know right says oh you know your close friends she's they're online bingo right now. on the facebook bingo guy. she's on bingo she won't take my call oh i was busy i was busy i wasn't around I'm like, yeah i know you were. you were busy with your bingo you know? <laughs> um, now she won't get off the ipad right she used to give me a hard time for being on my phone all the time while i was up there i'm like mama she goes stop stop bullshitting around you know you're you're bullshitting with your friends i was like, you know i understand I check my work email, I check work social media, you know, I check the news, I check stocks, I read news. Everything on this device, okay? You're sitting here watching CNN and the price is right. You're less productive than I am, okay? During a commercial break, what are you doing? You're watching commercials. I'm reading my email, I'm placing orders, I'm answering customer service requests, you know, stuff that gets forwarded to me. I feel a lot more productive than you are watching these commercials. Now she's on her iPad, oh, can't get through to her. So that's how quickly we can change, right? But my niece is born into a world only with Internet, right? So it's um, it's expensive. How long until we have devices implanted in our bodies? Well, they're already implanted um, in our bodies, right? We have pacemakers. We have, uh, you know, all, all kinds of medical devices that are optional, right, that are keeping us alive longer.
0: Very well
1: answered. How long until
0: we have these media
1: communication cell phones? Well, I mean, in and, our and, and so by me do you mean as, as, as a human race or us as Americans? Us as Americans. Well, that's subject to FDA approval, but if you go to Australia, they're already legal. If you go to Europe, parts of Europe, they're optional, but there, there's a whole there are tens of thousands of people who've already opted in and had these little devices implanted in their in their arms that open doors, help them let them you know pay for things, unlock you know certain access levels in their companies. It's a little chip that's it just shot into your risk. And, and, okay. you know, I mean, if that were available, it's not FDA approved yet but in the US, but if it was available to you, you know, would you? And if so, how, let's say, how opposed to it would you be is the question. Now, if, if it was a government mandate that everyone had one, of course we'd revolt. We'd, you know, we would march, man. We would set shit on fire. We would set businesses on fire because that's the thing to do when you disagree with things, right? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, but if it's optional, people are gonna opt in, right? If the government made you check into Starbucks, made you post your pictures you know, every time you went out, say, hell no, I'm not doing that, I would revolt. My, freedom, my freedoms are impo- you know, uh, imposed on But if it's optional, we, we opt into it, right? So um, yeah, it's coming, and it's coming real soon. And um, you know, right now, I, you know, I see uh, you, you wear a very nice watch. I think I'm gonna buy one this weekend because the phone in the gym, you know. Um, but, but look, it, it's, got a, uh, it's got sensors already built into it, right? To keep, keep track of your heart rate and your rhythms and your sleep and so forth. You it's know, game we, and life changing. Uh, we, are, you know, we have some clients in healthcare and life science, and I can't get into details, but I've seen, I've had the privilege of being in some of these conferences that are just so incredibly thought provoking of, of what's to come. And I can say with confidence, without naming any you know, manufacturers, we're very, very, very close to having a device that pairs with that phone that's inside your body that's gonna take the capabilities of that thing to the moon. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, wouldn't, how, how helpful, now you would say, oh, a device in my body, I don't like that idea, you know, I'm gonna be spied upon, but you're a healthy guy. How helpful would it be if that device kept track of your cholesterol level if it kept track of you not just your heart rate, but you know your platelet count, your oxygen level in your body, um, you know if you're a diabetic, you would say, hey, your insulin levels dropping. You know, you, you know you, enough of that sugar dessert. You know you, you've reached your max, right? If it actually kept track of your magnesium levels, it told you, I you need to take that vitamin D. sends K you to notifications five. saying don't or do. It's like, man, right. you know, it's like that's your last drink anymore. You're going to get sick. Yeah, uh, yeah, you we won't just get pulled over and get a ticket, but you'll literally. Suffer from a terrible uh, hangover tomorrow unless you take a little magnesium pill or something You know if it actually interacted now, that's helpful If you're if you're providing things that improve our quality of life Finishing up. I'll call you. There you go Just wait (laughs) So you know, so that's where I mean, that's where we're going with this stuff Um, And we are very very close to getting there. So a very, very long answer to your question earlier, you know, where are we going in the future? Leaps some bounds, right? 5G technology's gonna, it's gonna be unbelievable where we're gonna be in the next 10 to 15 years. But however, some things will absolutely never change because they never have. I mean, if you go back hundreds of years and say, well, what did people want 200 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago? Did people value uh, personal security? To feel safe. Did people value not going to bed hungry? Did they value good health? You know, did they value you know financial freedom and, and financial security? Did they value happiness? Yeah. Did they value getting from point A to point B faster, better, right? Are we all. You know. Did they value a good deal? How long have people been negotiating for a better deal? Furs. You know, better deal on salt. Better deal on gold. You know, better deal on food. We always want things faster, cheaper, more efficiently. Those are innate human needs. Now, how we get to those things, maybe it's an app, maybe it's a device, maybe it's a, yeah, maybe it's a rocket. Okay? Um, where we go on vacation may change, but we always want a vacation. Some things are never going to change. So in that regard, if you understand human needs, it becomes easier to predict you know, what might be extremely successful and what's probably going to flop know
0: yeah. mm-hmm. what's one thing that you're versed on that you feel the general population needs to know better of
1: in what sense topic was let's uh, say
0: i mean we have overall productivity life love happiness
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, everyone, if you say to someone, look, do you you like the idea? The idea of world peace, you know, people just not killing each other for for stupid stuff. Sure, you know, Do you like the idea of that, you know, just us all getting along better, and you know, how do you get there? And uh, it's, I, I think that the cure, the potential cure lies in education, right? And it starts when you're young and it, it never ends it should never end uh, it, it's the only hope we have right life doesn't get any easier in fact it gets harder you know we, we think life was hard when you were seven eight nine you know maybe you were bullied maybe you got your ass kicked by this guy maybe you were stressed out over a book report that was due you were stressed out over things all the time but now you look back and say that was nothing you thought that was bad what about today um, so, life becomes harder and harder and more complicated. The only chance we have at mastering it is that we also become better, faster, stronger, smarter, right? So, it's education, isn't it? That and learning from our mistakes. Um, and I think the more people travel, the more people get to know other cultures, other races, other beliefs, you know, other religions, um, you know, the more open minded we become. And the more we learn, the more we discover how little we do know, and it's humbling. And the minute you discover just how little you actually know, and I think it uh, it, it helps you go into a room and say, you know, I'm ignorant. What can I learn here? You know, and if you approach a situation from that perspective, uh, I I think we're we're gonna become better people because uh, the worst worst of all are the know-it-alls right And and when we're young, you know, we're it's like, oh, we're about to a- enter the age of infinite wisdom. We know everything, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, you can no one can tell you anything. You know it all. Right? Uh, until you discover how little you know. And, uh, and I think that comes with age, it comes with maturity, it comes with failure, it comes with mistakes. Those are humbling. You know, we, we need to have our asses kicked. You know, we need to we need to fail, and we need to fail hard, and we need to fail fast, and we need to fail frequently. And when do we do? Um it's both humbling and it's I, I, I think encouraging at the same time because sometimes some people are so afraid of failure that they never even try anything but if, if you imagine yourself past that failure you know maybe you're afraid of getting knocked out you know maybe you're afraid of being humiliated um, you know I practiced a little public speaking at Toastmasters when I first moved to Atlanta and the stat was that uh, there are more people afraid of public speaking than they are afraid of dying And I said to that I'm like well Maybe it's not the speaking they're, they're afraid of, it's the fear of failure and humiliation and people laughing at them and ridiculing them, you know. Um, Chris Rock did a, a skit on that, you know, it's, it's, it's a good interview to watch. But it's, a, it, it's uh, and the joke about it was that, well, if more people are afraid of speaking than death, it means at a funeral more people would prefer to be in the casket than be giving the eulogy. You know, it's that it's the fear of failure. But go ahead and fail. And, and you know, get yourself your laughed shot. at, man, get, get humiliated, fall down, and then realize, man, I'm still good, I'm still alive. You know, I made an ass out of myself, I misspoke, I was unprepared. What, what's that gonna do? It's gonna teach you a lesson, right? How do I get better at it next time? Because I'm gonna fail again. But it's how you handle the failure, right? Like I think Mike Tyson said, you know, it's like everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face, <laughs> right? True. So I think it's a pretty good time to wrap up. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online? Well, uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's a, it's a good place to start, you know, Thomas Harpointer, Harpointer. <laughs> but um, on Instagram, I'm also Thomas Harpointer, but my Instagram handle is zoomout104, look at the big picture, you know, zoomout104, um, Bubbles Benefit, the, the charity event that we set up, Bubbles Benefit, it's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's got an Instagram profile, yeah. Yeah, just my it my, up. my team set up a Twitter profile too. Now I think we're, we're going to try to do a lot more with that brand because we're getting a lot of people behind it, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, my company AIS Media, you know, we're of course all over the internet, so you can find us there. So, um, but no, I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Hopefully, we can do it yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, David. I look forward to promoting the bubbles benefit and being there myself. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. All right. Absolutely.